0: The New York Giants lose to the Miami Dolphins 20-9. to What went wrong? What went right? Well, not too much went right, but a lot went wrong. And here to help me break it all down is David Turner, former NFL scout. He joins me next on the Locked On Giants podcast.
1: You are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast, part of the Locked On podcast network. Your team every day.
0: Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked on Giants podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast family. Your team every day. Patricia Traynor here with you. And it's Monday, it's December 6th. Uh, 2021, we are coming to you, as always, with our review of the Giants' previous game. And this one, folks, yes, another loss. This was a 20-9 to loss to the Miami Dolphins. And here to help me break it down, as always, is good friend David Turner, former NFL scout, former NFL personnel guy, and a guy who, by the way, uh, was right about Matt Parrot. Based on what Rob Sale had to say last week about Matt Parrott not being as physical. I know, David, you've used the term cream puff. I know a lot of people aren't crazy about it, but Rob Sale pretty much said, hey, this kid's not physical enough. But anyway, I just wanted to put that out there. We got to talk about this game here because we've got, <laughs> we're short on time. 20 to nine, David. I, I mean, you know, no Daniel Jones, Mike Lennon was in there. The focus of the offense, I think, had to be um, Saquon Barkley. It had to be Kenny Galladay. Kenny Do- Galladay went and got hurt again. I think this time it was his ribs. He took a cheap shot, what I thought it was a cheap shot. But Saquon Barkley, let's talk. Let's start there. I look at Saquon Barkley. I see a guy who's wearing number twenty-six. I see a guy who has Barkley across the his back there. But I don't see Saquon Barkley. Are you seeing Saquon Barkley, or what's going on with this guy?
1: Well, I mean, there's a couple, there's a couple runs in there where he looked like himself, you know, and there's a couple of runs that definitely where he looked like himself, but end of the day, they only handed the ball off to him 11 times. They targeted him or he caught, was it uh nine more balls for only six yards or whatever it was? It was and,
0: six catches, 19 yards. Oh,
1: there you go. Most six. of
0: them in garbage time, by the way, but
1: right. And they targeted him nine times. That's right. Um, so again, you're not running the damn ball and, and. That one drive that got him down close to was it inside the 19 or 20, they got there with him breaking off some runs, right? It was like, okay, you run. Then you get into the red zone and you stop running the ball and you throw the dumb ball. And it's just like, you know, we saw this under Garrett. We're seeing it under Kitchen. It's you you if you're gonna win with the Giants right now, is play good defense, run the football, play field position game, and then get out of it with with some scores and and you know, win the win the football game but they're not running the ball i mean all day today they only ran 17 times and this wasn't like you know it was close up until what the fourth quarter at some point that you know dolphins started to pull away in the fourth quarter but the rest of the time it wasn't like these it wasn't like the giant or the dolphins jumped up 20 to nothing or something the giants chopped away right i mean they were in the ball game for quite a while and, you know, they stopped running the football and, you know, Glennon threw 44 times. And, you know, well, I'm sure we'll get into all that, but it's just like, like I told you before, I'm not a Freddie Kitchens fan. And I know everybody's really, like, oh, it's not fair to judge Freddie. It is. While Freddie did do a couple things today that I did like, which was some vertical stretch stuff, um, I liked it. Glennon missed a lot of the throws. Okay. I did like a couple of the play calls, probably about half dozen of them were stuff. I was like, OK, I like that, Freddie. OK, that's a good call, Freddie. Without staying committed to the run, though, when you have this kind of situation, backup quarterback in uh, Gallaudet gets hurt, you don't have uh, in, you know, all your accoutrements of wide receivers and everybody, right? And then, you know, you, you get the two tight ends back and they're back in the game. And I want to say they only targeted Rudolph once or twice. um. So it was just like, you know, what are you doing? 12 personnel run the football, keep the defense on their heels. They don't know if you're going to run or pass because you got 12 in there or 22 personnel even put Penny in to block. I don't think I saw a Penny in the game at all today.
0: Yeah. So,
1: you know, it's just stuff like that where I get real frustrated because, Everybody knows football is the same damn game. You have to run the football to win. And if you look at a lot of the games that were won today, they ran the damn football. Their, their running backs had really good games. And this time of the year, running backs need to be involved heavily to win games. Mm.
0: And the Giants only ran the ball in, in, the, in the first half. They ran the ball eight times. So they finished with 17 runs. So that meant in the second half, they only ran it nine times. Now, admittedly, the run blocking by the offensive line, you know, it was like a grab bag. You didn't know what you were going to get from them from play to play. But I think you're absolutely right, you know, and coming into this game, if you know, two of my keys was or included getting the ball in Barkley's hands and also, you know, getting Galladay involved. Now, when Galladay went out, and again, the Giants didn't have Tony, they didn't have Shepard this week. They did have Rudolph back. As you mentioned, they had Evan Ingram. Um, but, you know, even when they put the ball in Barkley's hands, you know, he had a couple of bad drops, and he continues to pitter-patter behind that offensive line. It's almost like he's reluctant to hit the hole and push with his shoulder. He's, he's looking for that escape patch all the time, which brought up questions to him about, you know, how are you feeling you're you know, a hundred percent, you know, what do you, what's going on? And Barkley just finally said, I guess I'm in a slump. I mean, do you think he's in a slump or is this just, you know, a combination of things?
1: I don't think he trusts his blocking, but he doesn't want to say, I don't trust my blocking. You know, if a, if a running back's not hitting a hole hard, it's because he's afraid he's going to get smacked when he gets there. So he's looking for daylight, you know, he doesn't want to go into in on front of a microphone and put on blasts, offensive line, offensive line coach, you know and all the tight ends and everybody. But if you look at it, there's no holes. Like you talk about he doesn't want to put his shoulder down and just run into the back of Will Hernandez, who's getting pushed into the backfield. I wouldn't want to run into a 330 pound man either. You know, and then and people want to say, well, then he should just, you know, you know, push the pocket. Well, Eckler doesn't do that. Harris doesn't do that. You know, a lot of the running backs in the league right now aren't doing that. So, you know, you're judging them by an unfair, you know, marker right now. Um, I don't think the offensive line's blocking well. And again, I'm a guy who's committed to playing run, you know, like any, if I ever had to, by the grace of God, ever became a GM, my coach, whoever I hired, his offensive coordinator would be committed to the run. And if you're not committed to the run, you're not going to be my coach or offensive coordinator. And, you know, that's just the way it goes. And if that means you put in another tackle or another offensive lineman, go jumbo, or you run, you know, 12 or even 13 personnel, I'm fine with that. Let's go. But you got to wear the defense down and you got to get after it. And even out here, Cliff Kingsbury said, you know, his air raid offense when he was at, um, Texas Tech, right, was all about 10 personnel and, you know, spreading the offense, and he's had to use and learn how to use two tight ends in the NFL because using two tight ends in the middle of the field is a real advantage in the NFL because of the hash marks being so narrow, where in college the hash marks are so far spread out, it's a different thing. Now, again, Cliff Kingsbury, he's got the best team in the NFC, and he says he's learning, and he's figuring this out. You know, you got coaches like Jason Garrett and now Freddie Kitchens who've been in the NFL for quite some time, and they're play callers. You would think they could figure it out, but they're not, and that's a problem.
0: Let's stay with that offensive line for a second because they finally pulled Matt Skira out, and they put in um, Ben Bredesen at left guard. But to me, you know, I I watched that interior of that offensive line I don't think I've seen Will Hernandez pick up a stunt yet. Billy Price is okay once he snaps, you know, when he snaps the ball, but after he snaps the ball, it's like, you know, you don't know what you're going to get. And then, like I said, on the left side, they've had problems. So that interior just they've struggled and I'm just not sure. Is it, is it individually they're struggling? Is it because one guy's breaking down, the other guys are being dragged down with them. What are you seeing from the interior of that line?
1: Um, well, taking it player by player, will Hernandez, you want to talk about being in a funk. That guy's in a funk. Um today that one kickout block where all he had to do was hit Phillips and Phillips was lined up perfect for him. He floated way too far outside. His target point was way far outside. and it's like, man, just stay on the inside of that player and Dan- and uh, Glennon doesn't get sacked on that play. You know, because Barkley, I think it was Barkley, it might have been Booker, I I can't remember exactly, um, had the outside. So if the player floated, if Phillips floated upfield, the running back was going to be there to chip him back into you. Like that was a total blown assignment by Will. And I think Will playing on the right side is an absolute mistake. I think I said it to you in preseason, like flipping Will to the right side is a mistake because his entire high school and college career was on the left side his entire career, and you knew when you drafted him, he was a one-hole guy. He was going to be the left guard. And when you're flipping him around now, it ain't going to work. And we're seeing it It ain't going to work. He's had a real hard time anchoring. Folks are coming on the inside post leg at him all the time because he's not used to being a firm left leg post guy where you put that foot in the ground and nobody can move it. He's very used to putting that right leg in the ground and, you know, making that his post leg, as I call it, and not being able to move him that way. When you flip it, it's hard. And people are like, well, he's a professional athlete. You should be able to do it. No, that's not the way this works. Rare athletes at certain positions just can do that position. Okay. Um, So for him, it's very hard for him to learn a different position. And I don't understand why when, uh, Who is the guard? Uh, Lemieux, when he wasn't there, why they didn't just flip him back to left and try to work out the right side on its own with the different guards. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me at all. Billy Price, uh, half I I want to say something, I can't because it's your show, but half the time his head's up somewhere um, (laughs) and he's not. And it's like he's a blind man trying to feel his way through a phone booth. Okay. So that's the best I could do. I hope you don't have to edit
0: that. i I know what you were trying to say <laughs> but like.
1: It's the best I could do. I hope you didn't have to edit that um, <laughs> but he you know he really struggles interiorly like you said he has a good snap, but then who he's supposed to help, where he's supposed to go, which way he's supposed to shade I, I mean it's his guesswork for him and I, I'm just like baffled I'm really baffled. But now you know why the Bengals didn't pick up his fifth-year option and why they weren't going to pay him because they were just like, you know what, he's not the guy we thought he was going to be. So, mm-hmm. you know, we'll we'll trade him and get something out of him, and thanks, Giants, for that, you know. <laughs> um. So, again, I, I don't understand those interior as you don't. I still think the biggest problem they have, though, is the tackles. You know, um, Parrot is useless, and I've said it for months. And then soldiers is a serviceable backup, but he, now they're playing and he's starting and he's you know always in. And Thomas is a good player when he's healthy. I mean that's the one shining thing to be honest with you. Like you got a left tackle. There's there's 32 NFL teams, and I guarantee you there's 10 or 12 or 13 of them that wish they had Thomas as their left tackle, if not more. Uh, he's a pretty good player, and I like the way he he looks out there. It's just the rest of the unit, and they're not moving in unison. They seem to be. Uh, This whole dang team seems to not know what the hell is going on. We'll get into more and more by position by position, but this offensive line, picking up stunts, knowing what's coming. uh, They just don't seem to know what's going on.
0: All right, Giant fans, we have more coming up on today's Locked on Giants podcast. But first, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle Direct TV Stream brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part is there's no annual contract, and there's also no need for 50 million remote controls or different devices. So stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. Learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. So they signed Jake Fromm. But can Fromm but, call his own plays? I don't know. I I, I I would guess at this point, no. But anyway, they signed him from, <laughs> it would be nice, right? Anything would be better than what we As seen. long
1: as Fromm can call his own plays, it'll be better.
0: Yeah, because we know you're not a, a kitchen and fan. And understand,
1: people, he just got to the team, so I'm fine with him <laughs> calling his own
0: Because play. you're not a kitchen fan. But let's talk about this, because I don't know that he's going to be allowed to call his own plays. So that said, he's been here, or he got here on on Wednesday, had three days to really, you know, three practice worth. Um, Saturday he worked on the playbook. You know, at this point, the, the quarterback isn't going to know the whole playbook. He's going to have to learn on the fly. So realistically speaking, if Fromm does have to play next week, if Glennon can't go, and if Jones Jones is out, what do you think we might be able to expect from from? As far as you know, is he gonna be a game manager? Do you think he can, you know, run, he's hold run on to certain the seat plays? Of his pants
1: and play? That's all he's gonna do. Like it, it honestly, it's gonna be raw football. It'll be raw football. When you're in this, I've been in this situation at the Raiders where we had injuries and we didn't know what we were gonna get. And you know, you just roll the football out there and say, Okay, son, let's see what you got. Um, you don't know at this point, you really don't. And, you know, he's there, he's there, he can't absorb. If you're lucky to have 25% of the plays in, okay, you're lucky. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: What they run in Buffalo, I would not say is extremely familiar to what they're running in New York. It's not the same tree of, uh, (coughs) excuse me, of, um, of offense. They're different offenses. You know, like if he would have come from uh, Carolina or somewhere in a tree that's similar kind of offense, then I would have been like, oh, he's further ahead and kind of probably knows terminology, knows some of the plays are just called different. But Buffalo, what Buffalo runs and what New York's trying to run, I don't see in the same tree. So that's going to be a learning curve for him. So
0: What's the, diff- what's the biggest difference, though? <laughs>
1: Um, Buffalo to me is more vertical stretch with Diggs and Sanders and and they allow their quarterback again New York likes to call a lot of quarterback runs but you know for Josh Allen he, he'll just use his legs to get out of problems now that, that's what I like about Fromm in our in this system for the Giants is that he actually has scramble ability more than Glennon that when they you know when it breaks down he'll be able to run and he keeps his eyes downfield He's got a pretty good compact release, he's not as long and elongated as uh, Glennon is. Um, so I think throwing on the run, rolling, moving the pocket would work well when you have from in there. Um, from to me, also is a good tight end thrower. So if you use the actual 12 personnel and throw the ball with the to the tight end, I think you'll see Fromm put and put some really good balls out there. I think he throws ref- receiver friendly balls and good placement balls. So, again, when you're watching from work the pocket, throw the ball, work and climb in the pocket, hitch up, he does things that actually help the offensive line and he's more mobile. So, therefore, he can get away from some of the rush and leakage that comes his way. You know, I'm not going to say this is a golden boy. He's not the solving problem. Don't get me wrong. Is he, you know, he is he Tanner? Was it Mishu who went off for the Eagles today? Probably not, folks. Okay. Um, and Mishu got there at the end of training camp. So he's known the playbook. That's why he had such a stellar game for the Eagles today. But again, I like Fromm more than Glennon. And Glennon, to me, his footwork today was atrocious. Um, all the balls were high. If you watched his throws, they were all high. The, the receivers had to work for catches. You know, they were behind them. They weren't just targeted right at the chest or, you know, on the shoulder pads. These, these receivers had to work for every catch because Glennon's footwork is just awful. And his ability to get the ball out isn't quick because he's so tall and he's got such a long lever. It, cause, it causes the timing to be, you know, a, you have to be more open than you usually would have to be because it takes him longer to release the football. And that's always been his issue. Like if you could ever, you know, get that, he's a smart quarterback for the most part um, today. He threw into double coverage too often. Um, I think he did it three or four times. He threw into double coverage and I was just holding my head. Like, why are you throwing where there's two, you know, cause on the backside or underneath there was a check down or across the formation, there was a single coverage and Glennon wasn't seeing it at all. But then Freddie kitchens wasn't picking up on the problem and calling different plays. He kept calling similar plays and we're seeing Glennon struggle to read the too high safety look. So again, in play calling situations what Chris Palmer taught me, I didn't know this till I worked with Chris. Um, when you see your, your player struggling, your quarterback, your running back, whatever, it's up to you as a play caller to now call plays where it's going to be easier for them to figure it out. Or, It's different, so now they'll see it a little different, right? But I didn't see that today. I saw Freddie trying to do what Freddie does, and, you know, I and again, nothing built on – here's the problem again. I know everybody's going to be like, stop begging on Freddie, but nothing builds on top of the next play with Freddie. Like, you don't run an outside zone and then you figure, oh, I'm going to see how they react to this for the play action to boot back the backside the other way. You know, you just run an outside zone because you think it will work. And then, you know, three plays later, you run another one because you think it'll work. And it's not working, Freddie. You know, you don't throw, you know, you you don't throw a pass to see if they're going to cover it with four verts with three by one formation and see if they're going to cover, you know, that with uh, quarters or, you know, are they going to run a a two man or a Tampa two against it? No, you just, he just throws something because he thinks it's going to work. And when you're a really good play caller, it's a rhythm thing, and you, it's a chess match. You might give up a pawn just to figure out how to jeopardize their rook or to jeopardize their castle or something, you know? And that takes a different level of intelligence to do. And, um, you know, I thought Glennon struggled a lot today in throwing uh, the ball, but then he threw 44 times. When you got Saquon and Booker where you can run the ball, play field position, your defense played well today, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, you're good. Good point, you know, because there, there didn't see, seem to be a rhyme or reason on offense, and you know, it it just it it doesn't matter. It, s- it seems, you know, Jason, if it's Freddie, if it's Daniel, if it, if it's if it's you know, Glennon, these problems keep popping up, and you know, I don't know how much of that's on Joe be, as the head coach, but. Again, we saw more issues with time management. You know, with uh, timeouts, the use of the timeouts, um, some aggressiveness. Um, uh, there was a fourth and two. I thought, you know, I'm sitting I there saying, for that. yeah, I, I, I'm sitting there saying I'd go for it, and, and it was like, well, by not going for it, you're you're basically saying I don't trust my offense to pick up the two yards. You know, so I don't know. Man. And then later
1: I mean, in the game, he went for a fourth and two, and they picked it up, right? Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's just that's what I, we talked about. This uh, was it last week with Joe and same thing again. You know, where's the aggressiveness? You, you have four wins. Like throw caution to the wind. Screw it. Like every fourth down. Just go for it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What do you got to lose, Bobby?
0: Yeah, you know, seriously.
1: It's a fourth down. Screw it. We're going for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't unless know. it's like fourth and 20. Go for it. Yeah, you know? Exactly.
0: Exactly, I, I I was like I didn't get that, but before we move off 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 of the offense, Joe did say he saw some things he liked, and I know Twitter. His friend, what's that?
1: Of course, he did. He's protecting his friend Freddie.
0: Well, I was going to say Twitter went ballistic. They're like, "What game was he watching?" And he is explained it in his post game presser, which for those of you who are listening to the show, obviously check out the vi- i did a video for this on giants country on on an article um you can kind of see what what it's on the the front page you can see or hear what he had to say but did you see anything that you liked in the offensive performance i mean was there any bright spot of se- per se
1: yeah there's like i said there's about a half dozen plays that i liked um you know i, I don't know how many they ran 60 plays or something something but- like that yeah, there's about a half dozen of them I liked. You know, they 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 stretched the field and they did a vertical concepts which I think are great. Glennon missed the throws, and again, if Glennon hit those throws, Freddie might have came back to those plays. Okay, but I like that style. Like one play, John Ross was wide open, you know, and and he missed the throw. Another play, I think it was Galladay was wide open across the middle, um, but he threw it. He you know Glennon didn't set his feet to throw. And it was short, and the linebacker almost picked it off. And I know on TV the commentators were like, "Oh, you got to work back to the ball." And I'm like, "No, the quarterback severely underthrew that ball. <laughs> like Galladay was wide ass open down the field in the middle. I mean, if he would have thrown it in the right spot, that was going to be a big gain. And he just missed it. And all, a lot of his throws, if not all, most of his throws, were just high and outside. And these receivers, even that uh, was it that fourth down that they threw to Rudolph i mean rudolph was open he made the cut he was fine and you know the ball was so far overthrown and a high i mean mr you know mr incredible couldn't have freaking got that ball so um you know the execution is very poor whether it's blocking offensive line whether it's you know the throws whatever you know it's just the execution is poor The play calling isn't, you know, isn't aggressive enough. The run, the commitment to the run is just not there. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And like you said, they ran the ball eight times in the first half. And you have Barkley and Booker. Like you have a two-headed monster and you ran it eight times. Like that's not even, like you got to understand, running backs need to get in a groove, you know? Like Barkley should have touched the ball 12 times in the first half running not passing running and then booker should have touched it maybe four times like you really should have 16 runs in the first half and then mix your throws in from there you know unlike again this is this is a team miami that doesn't have a stellar run defense okay so yeah. unlike when we lined up against the pats or um, the the buck buccaneers And I said, spread them out and throw because they're on their sixth and seventh corner. (laughs) This time, knowing the personnel across from you is the Miami Dolphins. They don't have a stellar run defense. So line up and just maul them like and wear them down. Get those defenders tired in the first half, especially when, you know, again, you don't have your full accoutrement of receivers. Just line up and run the ball.
0: Yeah. All right, David, let's talk about the defense. The back end of the defense missing Adore Jackson. They had some problems back there. Um, Looked like they had some communication breakdowns. Uh, Tua threw uh, 30 times for four. I'm sorry, 41 times, completed 30, 244 yards, two two sacks, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Jalen Waddell, as we probably could have guessed, the leading receiver, nine catches out of 11 targets, 90 yards along with 25. Um, What did you see going on in the back end of the Giants defense? I mean, at times, was it me or was it, did it look like it, in the beginning they were playing off a little bit, probably more so than what we've seen the last few weeks?
1: Well, last week, I loved the defense, as I came on here and said, they rolled up the coverage, they played at the line, they got after them. It was great, right? This week, I didn't understand. They backed off. There were times they rolled it up, which I was like, cool, let's keep that up. And I thought they did really well when they rolled it up. But when they start, they uh, to me, they played too much zone today. I think they worried about Waddle's ability to lose Bradbury because Waddle is that quick style, style receiver that Bradbury does struggle with, okay? And they were trying to bracket Waddle, and it wasn't working. So I think that kind of threw them out of their... Their rhythm a little bit, and then Gusecki, um, you know he he's just a big receiver. I mean he's a he's a wuss when it comes to blocking, but he's just a big receiver that the Giants I don't think really had an answer for. So he was targeted I think eleven times, caught seven balls, and when that when you and then Parker made a couple really good catches. at at the end of the game, that one catch against Bradbury against on the sideline, that back shoulder catch Parker made was just incredible. <laughs> like as a personnel guy, I'm like ooh. Yeah, that's not supposed to happen. Like, you know, Bradbury had good coverage, and a big man like Parker to make that kind of adjustment back was like, whoo, that was impressive. Um, that all being said, it's, again, I like press coverage. I think if you get your hands on Waddle and disrupt him, though he does have really good speed, you can bracket over the top and play physical at the line of scrimmage. That's how I would have liked to them to approach him. And then with Gazeki and Parker, when they were on the same side, just play three on two. So you got those guys. And then if Wilson, you know, force Wilson or Ford to beat you, basically, but take Gazeki and Waddle out of the game with some physical uh, at the lines of scrimmage type play. And then put the safeties over top of those two. Um go from there, you know. And again, if, if Wilson's gonna beat you, Wilson's gonna beat you but I saw Wilson pull double coverage a couple of times today. And I'm like, man, that all that is saying is that in this spot, whoever's playing this spot gets the double coverage. And that's a mistake when you're playing this kind of team that doesn't have a a, a whole lot of talent. It's really Waddle and Gazeki. I mean, Parker's just coming back and he made a couple of great catches today, but, you know, making those guys beat you is, is better than, uh, Waddle, like you said, having nine catches for ninety yards, and Kazeki having another seven catches for forty-six yards. I mean, that's one hundred and thirty-six yards of his two forty-four. So,
0: all right, Giant fans, we have more coming up on today's Locked On Giants podcast. But first, did you know Bill Barr is going all out to make this holiday season the most delicious time of year? with a winter wonderland of a deal featuring new amazing flavors such as the Built Crave Bars and their amazing puffs and ruby chocolate and lemon dip cheesecake. These and Built's other amazing flavors are available right now. And now for a limited time, when you use our promo code LOCKED15, you can save 15% off your first order at BuiltBar.com. That's right. Customize your box any way you want with Built Crave, traditional built Bars, Puffs, and save 15% off with the code LOCK15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D 1-5 for 15% off at builtbar.com. All right, Giant fans, we have more coming up on today's Locked on Giants podcast. But first, it's the most wonderful time of the year. As college football gears up for the playoffs and the bowl season, NFL playoff race starts to take shape. The and the NBA and A- NHL continue to heat up. And no matter what sport you like, BetOnline has you covered all holiday season with more props, odds and lines than ever before. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website at betonline.ag to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with the promo code locked on don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers they have the offer visit bet online today and get your 50 percent welcome bonus with the code locked on from a big picture the giants are not coming back to new jersey um after this game they're going out to tucson arizona where they're going to spend the week okay before they go on to la to play the chargers can that help them? You think, given how they've been up, down, up, down, I mean, what can that do for them? And, you know, and then I'll, I'll ask you about the coaching staff uh, after you answer that one, but you know, they're, they're the players just, and the coaches feel that, you know, that this can benefit them, you know, because they're going to get away. They're going to have bonding time. And I'm like, how can you bond when you don't know who's going to be in the, in the game? Who's not going to be in the game. I, I mean, What's the advantage here?
1: You cut out some of the distractions from home. Daddies don't have daddy duty. You know, you don't have to go home and help with homework and bath time and bed stories and stuff because you can kind of, you know, it's almost like training camp environment. You can spend a little extra time on film rooms, spend a little extra time with your teammates, talking through some plays, talking through some stuff with coaches, you know, just walking around, you know, grabbing dinner with them. And eating with them and stuff because you're locked in the hotel and everything's going to be done there and with the new um the new rules with uh COVID and stuff it's not like they're going to be out and about you know tearing up the town in tucson so and plus there's not a lot to do in tucson if they would have came up here to tempe or to arizona up in phoenix yeah, maybe a little bit more distractions um but you know i i again it can work it can't work this team, we haven't seen it work, anything work. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say next week we're going to see a whole different team. I mean, if they can't stay dedicated to the run and, the, and they're going to be down to Fromm at quarterback, we don't know if Galladay is going to be back. And if Shepard's not back and Tony's not back, those injuries on offense are going to be very hard to come back from. And what we're seeing in the defense you know, the front played well again today. I thought the front played well I mean, they held the running, uh, they held the running down, especially in the first half. I mean, the, they didn't have a lot of yards running the ball, the dolphins. So, I mean, all together, the two running backs only had 67 yards rushing. So that's pretty good for the giants defense. Typically giants defense gives up a lot more than that. You know, they didn't give up a rushing touchdown today. So you know, I, it's the back end on the two touchdown passes were broken coverages. You know, people got confused. Uh, Bradbury on the Ford cover on the Ford one got confused, and I I can't remember who the safety was that got confused on the uh, Gizeki, uh touchdown, but might have been
0: McKinney. I think.
1: I think you're right. I think it was McKinney. Um, so again, it's just mis- miscommunication. But again, if you look at what the coaches called. And how it was supposed to be played. You had the right call on. Like the coaches had the right call on for those two touchdowns. Bradbury just had to carry his zone to the sideline and not worry about that curl route underneath, which was clearly get, you know, he Ford was getting passed off. So that was that was Bradbury had to sit outside zone and go make that play. And McKinney had to come over the top faster to get to Gazeki. And again, you see it's Gazeki. You should be cheating that way anyways. You know? So, um, but the defensive calls on those two plays, when you look at the concepts, they were the right calls. They just didn't get played right. The execution was poor. Um, getting away, again, you can clean up some of that. But there's a, there has to be a want to. And what I'm not seeing with this team is a want to win it's not, a, there's no want to. Hmm.
0: Interesting. And,
1: and it's, it's disheartening for me to say that as a guy who spent two years there, who loves that, that franchise. I love the Maras. I love Dave Gettleman. You know, how much I might feel about this whole franchise. Um, But the so, want to win isn't there.
0: Are you? Suggesting that they're mailing it in at this point. I mean, what do you mean when you when you say the want to win isn't there?
1: I don't see fire in the bellies of everybody on the field. You know, the, like I said, the defensive front's got pride. The defensive front has pride. They are doing their dang best. They're putting pressure on the quarterback. They're having fun with each other. The defensive secondary. We, we see week in and week out, lack of run lane integrity. They're not coming up, filling the outside run lanes and, and making sure the outside runs are shut down. We're seeing confusion. You know, I remember when I, when I was there, we had players that would, you know, host meetings at their house on Thursday nights to make sure everything was cleaned up. All the corrections from the coaches were taken care of. So Friday and Saturday, practice went super clean, no mistakes, nothing. I don't hear about that, you know, when I when I talk to my friends over there, I don't hear how players are taking responsibility and making sure they're meeting with their teammates Mm. on Thursday nights and cleaning things up. I don't I, I don't hear how people are, you know, being leaders over there. You know, like I said, the defensive front, something's going on there because those guys are playing with pride. But with all the offensive line mistakes, all the secondary mistakes. Who's stepping up and saying, hey boys, pasta feed my house when Thursday night? We're cleaning this up on our own.
0: Hmm. Interesting.
1: Okay. And mm. then you and you talk about special teams. I don't see a lot of special team demons making a ton of plays. I don't see returners breaking stuff. I don't see crazy blocks. I don't see people just flying around the field trying to make something happen on special teams either. So Graham Gano is the best offensive weapon they have, and he shouldn't be with everybody they have on offense. So, you know, for me, I'm a fiery, hot-blooded Italian man, and I I just don't see that fire in the belly of these guys. And honestly, I see frustration from Barkley. I see frustration from Galladay. I see frustration from a lot of the offensive skill position players whether it's a poor throw and they just get frustrated instead of saying, come on, we can do this. We can do this. Let's work through it. Or it's, it's the play calling that's frustrating them. I see frustration there. And I see some of the frustration in the secondary on the offense. When the offense isn't performing, isn't getting yardage, isn't doing these. I see some guys in the secondary, their head drops. They go, okay, here we go. And you see the body language on the sidelines, and you're just like, man, that's not the body language of somebody who's ready to go win.
0: Hmm. So with that said, and this will be my final question to you, what do you do with the coaching staff after this year? I mean, John Merrill, when they initially hired Joe Judge, said something to the effect of, I know I've got to be a little bit more patient, you know, especially after getting rid of McAdoo after two years, getting rid of uh, Sharmer after two years you know this is judge's second year do you stick with him on the basis that he's still young and learning even though you, you know you've got a, a rebuild basically going on here or do you rethink what you're doing here and go with somebody who maybe has a little bit more experience particularly with a rebuild
1: i don't see a rebuild you know i don't see a rebuild. I see an offensive line that needs to block with six and not five. Knock that crap off. Keep the damn back in, keep a tight end in, block with six. Okay. If they would just do that, this offense would be a lot better. And you can't tell me, and I, I challenge any one of your listeners who wants to debate me on this, we will go live on your show and we will debate this. You line it up. I will be there. We will debate this. If they want to debate me, let them debate me on this point right here. You cannot tell me that if you have Galladay, Tony, Ingram, in a pass route, those three guys can't win against an NFL secondary. You can run three- and four-man routes, okay? If you are smart enough to devise the plan, you can run and win with three- and four-man routes, protecting your quarterback and getting people open. You have the personnel at the skill positions on offense to make it happen. You can always keep six in and block. You can. And if you think that you can't run two-by-twos and win, Peyton Manning did it all the time all the time he would run two by two three by ones but they always had an extra blocker in to make sure he had a clean pocket and he was throwing with his feet clean why because he had the arm talent to make incredible throws when he could step up and make throws so with this talent on the offense when it's healthy Blocking without six to make sure these quarterbacks can stay healthy and stay upright and make throws is ridiculous not to do. So I don't think it's a rebuild. I don't think the I think the front's playing really well in the last three weeks. Okay, prior to that, they had certain players that were playing really well. But in the last three weeks, I think the the front was playing really well. Defensive or offense? Defensive front. Defensive front. I think the young linebacker was at Crowder is playing really well. Rochet's playing. He's coming into his own. You got Ojolari who's coming into his own. Williams, and like I said, Danny Shelton. All those guys are playing. Alexander, they're playing really well the last three weeks. Turn the tape on, run it. That front's playing really well. The secondary, they're confused. There's no leadership, in my opinion. You, you have to get those guys on board. If you get them on board and figured out, that front will be in the backfield more often than not. Just give them a little bit more time. I think this is a build the offensive line and you'll have something here. This is a build the offensive line and you'll have something. Now, with that being said, I don't see the leadership on the coaching staff that I saw at the end of last year. The last six games of the Giants last year, I was so excited and, and fired up for this team this year. And if you don't believe me, go listen to Patricia's early stuff from training camp. I was singing their praises. I was excited about this year for the New York Giants. I was all over it, okay? But now watching it for 12 games or whatever they've played, I'm not excited. I don't think that they've had a really good coaching year. I don't think Joe Judges, you know, honestly put his coaches in a in a room and turned over the table on him, as I would say, as an Italian would say. <laughs> Flip the table on him and just say, what you're doing, boys, isn't good enough. You know, and we need to get better. And stop calling quarterback runs because now I got a quarterback with a neck issue. Like quarterback design runs need to be out of the playbook. Like 100% out of the playbook. Off the off the off the what do you call it? The 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 wristband, no more quarterback runs. Hmm. You know,
0: I'm I mean, lucky on that one.
1: I've been saying it. listen to all the podcasts that we do. I've been saying I've been saying it
0: longer than you have that I get nervous when we have quarterbacks runs in there, especially with a quarterback who doesn't know how to slide or doesn't want to slide.
1: Right. So for me, if I'm John Mara, I'm Mr. Tish. You know, I'm Chris Mara. I'm I'm in the building. I'm listening. I'm paying, you know, again, I'm a aggressive and sometimes imposive individual. I know that about myself. And the people that work with me know that about me. Okay. But if I'm John Mara, I go sit in the coach's room. I'm gonna come down and listen to your coaching meeting, coach. I'm gonna come down and just listen. I'm going to go, I'm going to be at practice today, coach.
0: Mm. Can I
1: stand next to you? I'm going to put my ass right next to him and I'm going to turn that heat up so hot. And if he doesn't start boiling and he don't start making pasta, <laughs> then he's out. Cause oh, I got, I got five games to go to figure out if you're my coach next year. And for five weeks, everything you do, I'm going to be right next to you. Wow. You smile. I'm I'm holding your I'm holding your cheeks.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. But Got that's that. me.
1: Yeah, that's me. That's not John. John's not like me. OK, yeah, but that's me. I want to know if this chef can cook the groceries or if it's a problem with the grocery shopper. OK, I, I hear all the rumors as you and you brought it up last week about Dave retiring after this year and everything. And we talked about if you, you know bring in somebody close to Joe, Joe, I don't. But I think if in the last five weeks you don't see better coaching and more fire up these players' butts and results from it, then that means the players aren't honoring and listening and hearing him. If you got a locker room that's tone deaf on your coach after two years, it's not going to get better in year three. Cause a lot of these same players are going to be back next year. You can't turn over your roster by, you know, 60% in a year. So most of these guys are going to be back over 50, 55, 60% of them are going to be back. So if you got those guys tone deaf to them already, it's not going to be a good thing next year.
0: Wow. Sounds like uh well, we, I'm pretty sure there's going to be some changes. I mean, like I said, I still say Dave Gettleman and the Giants part ways. I would not be stunned if Joe gets a pass, but there are changes on that staff. Um, is Freddie Kitchens going to be the guy? I don't know. But there's going to be roster t- turnover because, you know, the salary cap alone is going to force them to get rid of some of those over bloated contracts. So, yeah, I think these next, you know, we we just completed week 13. So what do we got? We've got four more weeks, five more weeks to go. Um Going to tell us a lot. So uh hopefully, I keep saying this, hopefully they end on a strong note, but they just can't stack wins together. It's just when you think, okay, they're making steps, it's like two steps forward, five steps back, and it's just, It's frustrating that, you know, you never know what you're going to get with this team, except, you know, you're not getting consistency. That's the one thing you know you're not getting. So I don't know, man.
1: Consistent success is often laid, the bricks are laid with consistent messaging, right? And I don't think there's consistent messaging in that building. Hmm. So, you know, for me, it's hard for me to put this on personnel because I like a lot of what this team's done. I just don't like that offensive line. You know, I've said it for weeks. I think they have playmakers, even with the injuries. You have Ingram. You got Rudolph. You you had Galloway for a while today. You still have Slayton. You have John Ross. Like you have playmakers there. Your lack of commitment to the run game when when Saquon Barkley is like supposed to be your bell cow and he's healthy, like. That to me is not a consistent message. Like you you guys doing Campbell soup commercials for you. He should be running the football 20 times. You know, it should be win and die by him. What can we do to make Saquon the bell cow? You're paying him like it. So why is not he not? And to me, that's an issue. Okay. Second issue is you went out and spent money on Rudolph and he's only getting targeted three, four times a game. Or even someone, Jason, was there only like two times a game. Why? That's not you went and paid for him. Make him work for you. You kept Ed Ingram around. I'm sure there's people that would have traded for him for something. And now he got targeted five times today and caught four balls. He caught it, you know, made a couple of good catches. But, again, target him more. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, consistent messaging is making the people that you're paying and you're, and you're going, you know, you're – you're saying on your bed bell cows well let's see it let's do it put put the put the rock and say hand 20 times this next week running the ball and let's see what happens you know let's see
0: can't get any worse right
1: no that's what i'm saying i <laughs> mean but again like for me I, i'm aggressive i want you know but i i and I say it all the time, and I've said it probably a dozen times. This, this show that I'm aggressive, but I don't believe in passive personalities winning in sports. You know, I just don't. You, if you if you're gonna, you, you gotta you gotta air it out. You gotta just let it go. You gotta make. And when you only have four wins, don't put trick plays into the playbook. That's not what I'm saying, but put good football plays in and just run those plays better than the team across from you. Like, I don't care if you put 24 plays in a playbook. That's it. These are the 24 plays we're running. Cool. Let's run these 24 plays better than anybody can defend them. Let's go.
0: Easier said than done Bob. <laughs> so, Oh goodness. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us on today's show. Giant fans. Thank you so much for tuning in, David. I'm always a great show with you. I mean, dropping knowledge left and right. It's awesome for me and hopefully for, for everybody else who's tuning in. Giant fans, tomorrow we will do a Twitter Tuesday. Please get your questions in as soon as possible. Um, for those who didn't check out the bulletin board, um, my mom did pass away on Friday, so I'm going to be kind of limited Tuesday and Wednesday, but I do want to get a show out to you on Tuesday. I may not be able to get a show out to you for Wednesday. I will try, but if I don't, know that it's because I'm tied up with putting my mom to rest. So uh, folks, thank you as always for making the Lock on Giants, your first Lock on Giants podcast, your first listen or watch of the day. We'll be back with you again tomorrow. Like you said, Twitter Tuesday, get those questions in. So for David Turner, I am Patricia Chena. Have a good one.